we back here to talk about what guys talk about today. On the last episode, if you weren't here, we were talking about laws of attraction, the top 10 turn-ons for men, the top 10 turn-offs for men. And then we stopped right before we got into the question that many ladies want to know. How do you know if a guy's into you? Hold your station, this education is relevant. The motivation through conversation is evident. We're talking spiritual body, mind, development. This is the manhood experiment. The manhood experiment. The manhood experiment. Before we continue, we need your help. We'd like to reach more like-minded people just like you and share our knowledge on personal growth, health, and success. So can you do us a favor and in your podcast app, hit the subscribe button and give us a five-star review and leave us an encouraging comment. Do it right now while you listen to this episode. That will help us know you're listening and that you care and a little action will help us reach more folks. Now back to our show. Welcome back to another episode of The Manhood Experiment. This is your man's big dreams, and I'm here with my co-hosts, T-Rex and J-Dragon. Man, on the last episode, we had so much fun. It's just me and T-Rex fooling around, talking about what guys talk about. Um, man, if you weren't here, we were talking about just laws of attraction, the top 10 turn-ons for men, the top 10 turn-offs for men. And then we stopped right before we got into the question that many ladies want to know. How do you know if a guy's into you? Well, man, y'all know we could not have continued this conversation without bringing my boy Jay Dragon in the mix. So we got Jay Dragon here. We got T-Rex here. Fellas, how y'all doing today, man? Good, good. I just want to clarify that the episode was a few episodes down. If you scroll down in your podcast app, that part one was 10 turn-ons and turn-offs that captivate or repel men. Just so you have a reference. And this is just a continuation of that. So yes, sir. anyways, I'm good. We have a little storm coming here. I know Jay said don't talk about the weather, but it's, it's kind of like in your face. So. <laughs> producer, producer, baby. It's all good. <laughs> Speak from the heart, baby. Um, Dreams, you had a birthday this last week. How was that? Oh, bro. You know, when the storm's brewing, it's Leo season. Come on now. Come on now. That's how we do, man. It's been turned up all week long, man. I've been going out to beautiful restaurants with my beautiful wife, my beautiful family. Life is amazing. 35 years strong. Come on, man. Y'all know what it is. Got nice. that sweet drip. I saw those oh, Jays bro. for the birthday. Jones is icy. And then dropping the track, American Dreams on man, Spotify. I'm- Search big dreams, baby. Living the dream, baby. You know, I've been bumping that track, so (laughs) glad you dropped that for everyone. So, yes, sir. And like I said, we back here with the Leo trio. We all got these Leo birthdays, so we're gonna bring y'all this Leo energy and talk about what guys talk about today. So, before we jump into the latter part, which is part two of how do you know if a guy's into you? I'm going to go back through these questions that I had for T-Rex earlier in the episode one. And we're going to bring Jay Dragon in because if y'all don't know, this guy is truly a lady man now. But at one time, he was a ladies man. So we're going to talk about that part and that time, kind of bring it back in the day when this gentleman was a ladies man and tap into that bag so you guys and you ladies can really get his expertise on this conversation. So, Jay, we went in and we typed in chat GPT. We're checking out the AI. Can AI really help us with our everyday problems of relationships? So we're here to help you debunk this myth. Is it really spot on or do you have your own take on this? 
So I'm asking you, what are your top 10 turn-ons? You know, that's good. I think that people always want shortcuts. I think it comes down like anything in life. You got to get experience. You got to get your hands dirty. I think you can have some strategies and some framework in mind, but all that framework doesn't really have a lot of context until you've been in the trenches, getting your hands dirty and and getting your reps in, you know, like (laughs) we say, with anything. I like how you applied that to love. (laughs) Yeah, this is such an interesting topic. I think when you talk about things like attraction, we can say the things that look good on paper, the wholesome characteristics and values that we should be attracted Mm. to, yet the heart wants what the heart wants. And sometimes there's something else that is controlling the scenario and what we want. I I was listening to some cool statistics with like dating apps and how much they're growing Mm. and people talk about the same issues. It's growing industry over and over again, where people aren't going out on the streets, meeting people as much. And it isn't the same scenario where you're just getting introduced to your friend's friend down the street or whatever. And now at the end of the day, it's like flavor wins. People are going to need that attraction by what they see that people have their types. I Mm -hmm. like to believe. And then the rest of it all helps people, I think, feel a lot more comfortable and can create some reassurance. Well, hold on. What do you mean by like the rest of it? What's the rest of it? The rest of it is the things on paper that match up, like your interests, uh, the long-term things, the things that are going to get you past that initial attraction. Because we can look at people, and I can think of when I was younger and single, and it's like, you know, there's somebody you're looking at is probably more of a good time than a mm-hmm. long time. Yet, that's where the attraction lights are going off the crazy. And it's like some people are attracted to that taboo type of factor. and so. If you're asking me the things that I find most attractive without looking at what statistics Mm -hmm. are, for me, it's definitely the looks. There's an energy. There's an aura, a confidence I think women have that is very attractive in how they make decisions, how they hold themselves, how they ask questions. I think that that is one of the top things. And then next is just the ability to the gift to gab to be able to talk, have stimulating conversation is right up there with like sense of humor. So what would you call that if you had to put in like maybe a couplet, two word? You could say like intellectual ability or probably a form of emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. Emotional intelligence. Okay. So emotional intelligence is a way that takes that self-awareness and allows the conversation, I feel like, to be able to have more context and can have some boundaries of where it's going and push the boundaries for stimulating conversation. And think about that. There's people that kind of just agree and go along with things, but emotional intelligence is having that self-awareness to ask stimulating conversations, thought-provoking conversations. I've always found myself attracted to people that ask questions where you're like, wow, did you really just ask that? Mm -hmm. And not so forward and blunt that it feels like it's rude or off-putting, but it's like, wow, this person knows what they want. They have the confidence to ask mm-hmm. about something. And I think that that is such an incredible, attractive characteristic. And so those are the tops. So what's that? Is that two or is that three? You had physical attraction. Yeah. I heard that. That's undeniable. Conversation. So emotional intelligence. A sense of humor. Okay. Sense of humor. And then confidence, the top three. Those are my top three. Oh, my gosh. You know what's wild? All right, so we did this on ChatGPT. We're like, can AI help you find your dating people, like your person? And the top Mm -hmm. three for ChatGPT was physical attraction, confidence, sense of humor. It's kind of (laughs) scary. And I swear I did not not study. You didn't even see the prep sheet. That's crazy. (laughs) 
And look at that. That's wild. He's better than chat GPT. That's what we're trying to say. He's better than AI. But, you know, such an interesting thing, though, is after you've been in the game, let's say your time clock is ticking, you're in your 30s or 40s or 20s, whatever. I feel like you have a different tolerance for risk that you'll put out and you'll value one more than another. And these are conversations that guys have. Then you see the story of like, oh, people just end up settling or tolerating and end up sacrificing because now here's the reality. It'd be nice to say like, I'm going to hold out and manifest and attract this person that checks all three mm-hmm. of those boxes, can tune in and be on the same station as you. Like you're going to have similar interests or so on. But the reason what you didn't notice out of those top three is I didn't say you have to have all these things yeah. in common because that is not necessarily a good thing. The dating thing like, wow, this person is into health and nutrition just like me is not always a match made in That's dating true. heaven. Mm-hmm. You don't get that break to unplug from what maybe work is or your main interests are. So it's very true. I mean, I've been there before. So I've dated someone who was also very much into music and it started to become conversations outside of like collaborating or putting together events or recording things like that. We're still talking about music. I'm like, this can't be, it's too much. We're not even in the center of the conversation mm-hmm. anymore. And obviously, you know, it didn't work in the long term. So sometimes having two mm-hmm. similar of interests can hurt the relationship. Like their boundaries aren't set, you know? Yeah. And I want to put something else out here that everyone needs to tune into because we can probably relate to this. You meet somebody and you have a leniency for like, wow, I'm going to look past some of these little issues that people have that maybe are somewhat annoyances and just focus on these excitement factors. And I think this is something that maybe we'll come up with a little bit of a test or questionnaire that you can create this pressure cooker type of environment and be like, what's it going to be like six months down the road when the honeymoon like that first stage wears mm. off, you know, and it's like layers of onions of like when you can't get enough of one another. And here's what I mean by that. If you put that person that you met in a stressful situation, are they still a nice mm. person? Or can they compartmentalize the stresses of life and still have all those characteristics? So true. if you have all those physical characteristics that you're attracted to, well, what if they're just wearing a t-shirt and shorts and no makeup, you know, are they still they still have this characteristic and vice versa. Or is it the style that they have? Do those things make big differentiating factors? And I think that's just a fun way to look into because those things can push you more in the direction of that attraction of like, wow, I like that this person It's natural. This person doesn't have to try so much because we put on this PR front when we're out meeting people, when we're single, when we're new in a relationship, we all would like to say, oh, I'm attracted to authenticity. But if you notice, you go on a date with people, sometimes that first date, you can either be like, wow, that person was comfortable and open right up. Or you say, wow, you didn't really get to know me because we didn't have that right type of chemistry that really let it all hang out. And I think that's a really funny thing that you can look back and people that you just have that physical attraction to, yet maybe it wasn't the right type of place and setting that allowed you to be really comfortable. That's true. Like if you go into the club thinking you're going to really be able to have this deep conversation, it's not going to happen. You got music, you got DJs, you got people bumping into you, spilling drinks. It's not the place to try to have that conversation. Now, connecting, meeting people, maybe through friends, that could be a natural way of truly seeing somebody's personality. If they dance, okay, they're getting out the shell. But if you really want to get to know them, like Jay's saying, you got to put yourself in the setting to where you can have a conversation or do something that may, like you said, create a pressure cooker environment. Take them out to a baseball game. I remember a date my wife took me to, just in order my personality. We went out to this jungle gym type of joint for like adults to where we were rope climbing 
and we were rock climbing and different things like that. And there was this, gosh, dog, it's like this three foot tall rope. If you could think of a finger trap, you have to inchworm through this rope like finger trap and get to the end. It felt like fear factor. So really getting to see somebody's personality when when the pressure's on, but maybe it's not a traumatizing event is a good way to see somebody's personality, really get to know them. And that's yeah. what I gathered from what you were saying, Jay, right? You know, what I like about what you just said is those are date ideas when you're trying to see how much you have in common. And I think fun conversations, like you start talking about the love languages and pressure situations. And by doing that, you're creating, I think, some stimulating, thought-provoking conversation because you can just be playful in it and say, you know, certain things fade. And so I like to create these environments to really test you out type of thing or test each other <laughs> out. And I think that that turns into like playful sense of humor. That's true. And that spontaneity factor that women often are attracted to, whether they say it or not, like that adventurous factor. Oh, oh, Jay. Honestly, you're kind of almost spilling the beans a little bit. So before we go to that part three of this conversation, I'm looking at the time. Let's jump into the next one. Top three turnoffs. And then I'm going to tell you the chat GPT list to see if AI really knows what it's talking about. So let's hear from the expert first. Jay Dragon, top three turnoffs. Go. Top three turnoffs. You know, this is funny. This is like deal breakers. There are things that if you see like that first impression only lasts so long and you give everybody this clean slate, but I'd say mm -hmm. like a mean spiritedness. I just Ooh. don't have any room. And what I mean by that is like somebody that doesn't treat people well, that maybe puts themselves on a pedestal or looks down or is condescending to people. And this is easy to see. Let's say you're on a date and if they say something or they're over judgmental in a negative way about like somebody that works in service or something like that, to mm. me, that's just taboo. I can't really look past those things because it's like, that's just, that's who you are. You're missing something. Yeah. 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 And then I think another, like the pessimist, which it's similar but different. And what I mean by that is somebody that just lacks the open-mindedness. So some of the closed-mindedness. Like if you're in a conversation and somebody's like, not necessarily a know-it-all, but just looks like almost over-cautious, worst-case scenario type of thing, mm -hmm. that is just so far of an extreme opposite of what I am that I like crave and need that curiosity type of characteristic. So that's number two. I hear you. Number three, for me, would be somebody that just is the opposite of healthy oriented, that is just slobby and does not have really any care or concern for their health. And I mean, I think that kind of plays into their personal environment too. Like somebody who just doesn't have that conscientious factor of how they're taking care of their body and how they're taking care mm -hmm. of their self, like is a sign of a lack of self-respect. And I feel like if they can't respect themselves. And I think it stems from discipline as well too. But continue, yeah. Jay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, when I say these, and a lot of people could nod their head and be like, oh, I somewhat agree or whatever. But a lot of people look past these. I've seen all three of these characteristics in females that dudes still are with. But mm -hmm. like, those are things for me that, you know, and you can add a couple other, like there's bad breath and things like that, that Mm. They're hard to look past. I can think of like silly little hard. things <laughs> like that or smells or so on. And those are some things that your body or whatever, our pheromones are attracted to specific things. But I think those are the solid three that just wouldn't last. Like it's, I can't overlook those three mm -hmm. to get on to date two or to get on to date three. Mm. And those ones you also can usually get out of people fairly quick. I think the exciting thing when I think about a conversation like this is, 
okay, those are your first layer, mm. but what's the second layer that doesn't come out until you get to know somebody for a few weeks or a month or an environment that you don't get to see? And I think that that's, again, we can come up with an inventory for like putting somebody in a pressure cooker to see if you can bring these out earlier on. So, mm-hmm. Okay. Those are the top three. So what I got from you, Jay, I got pessimism, somebody who's pessimistic. I got someone who wouldn't either so risk adverse, they don't encourage when you have an idea type of deal. I'm not sure what you call it. Closed-mindedness. That's a closed-mindedness. Closed-mindedness. And then I got bad personal hygiene or health. Health. Health hygiene. Health health and hygiene. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let me, before you jump in, T, I'm going to give you the top three from ChatGPT. Y'all ready? Number one, poor hygiene. Number two, negativity. (laughs) Negativity, that's what I meant, basically, yeah. Number three was dishonesty. And then I'll say number four, just because this is kind of close to what you're talking about, lack of ambition or motivation, which is kind of close to the closed-mindedness that you were saying. So not too far off, chat, GPT. I'm not sure where it's getting this information from. And I like uh... free spirits. (laughs) You know, I think a free spirit's good, but it's different than somebody that lacks the ambition to want to pursue anything you know i hear that let me jump over to t because t was on something I, I see you over there what you got bro i feel there is a lot of what chat gbt i'm looking at your list here things like negativity dishonesty excessive drama poor communication skills close-mindedness etc i feel like this falls under the general umbrella of emotional maturity and mm-hmm. i feel that is something that it's kind of you have it or you don't, but it, it's over time. It's just like nurture. My emotional maturity when I was in my 20s to now, it has obviously improved. I like to think that. And I feel like that is something that you always want to match your emotional maturity with someone in that sense. But it falls under that general bucket. That was my point I wanted to make. But you know what, though? I'll give you my personal scenario with me and wifey. So I'm a huge, huge dreamer, right? When one episode we talked about being such a dreamer and a person that plans little because I'm so used to my environment shifting, I just became better at problem solving because I've always had to problem solve. And when I made a plan, it didn't work out. So I wound up having to fix it anyway, right? So that's been my journey. My wife, She's from the other side of the track. She's had so much stability to where she's seen the benefits of planning, right? And she's like, yeah, if the plan doesn't have A, B, C, and D, then I'm pretty sure it may fail based on my experience because every time I plan A, B, C, and D, A, B, C, and D happens, you know? So she's had those wins on that side to be this person to say, yo, I'm risk averse. I know that if I plan this and this, I don't got to worry about it failing. And I'm like, I'm used to stuff failing around me. So I just know how to fix it. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it creates this dynamic where it caused some friction earlier in our relationship. But eventually that settled. And after all the chemical reaction was settled down and the catalyst and all that stuff settled and the bubbles fizzed out, we got this nice balance of just peace and water that can work and reshape itself in different scenarios. And we're like, no matter where we are, between the two of us, we got this. So that's one of those opposites to track moments mm-hmm. to yeah. where we said before, sometimes having two similar uh, ideas or what was it, interest in a sense, 
can cause friction to where this one, the opposites actually cause more balance after a while, right? Hey, listeners, this is Big Dreams. And I just wanted to take a moment to thank you all for listening to today's episode of The Manhood Experiment. Please follow us on TikTok and Instagram at Manhood Experiment. There, you'll find the latest giveaways and some very funny behind-the-scenes moments. Now, back to the show. You know, I think something that's really interesting here, too, is there's such a different factor when you've been in some serious relationships for a year plus, couple years at a time, or live with somebody or whatever. You have so much more clarity on roadblocks now, or what you could say, like, blindsight, like, things that you wouldn't have known if you haven't been in that scenario. Whereas if you've been in some happy relationships and you can look past certain things. And I just think that, Mm. you know, where I'm going with that is there's things that after a while maybe become a deal breaker and then things you can look past. So let's say, because how I answered this question was like, these are non-negotiables, unfortunately. I mean, I think that's just the way that it is. Not that like, oh, I get to be so picky or I'm going to wait until this person comes along. But there are other factors that truly, like as you were bringing up some of the other factors, there's other things that seem like they'd essentially be deal breakers, but you can either look past some of those or find enough positive and other things to not let that bother you or True. take the approach that like some females have as the fixer upper. Like, oh, I love just fixing up these messes. <laughs> and the women that tend to date the same guys over and over again because they think that they can fix these people. And that may come down to some conditioning of maybe some habits that they had of constantly trying to fix somebody up or maybe parenting that they had or so on. And so I think that you get to keep those things in mind when you are manifesting or trying to attract a certain type of person. And the dating game is going to continue to change. I heard about this dating site where people are putting out essentially like their resume of life to match it up with people and like really going into detail, breaking down different sections of their life interesting to try to relate as much as possible or just put it all out there so it's kind of like hey you knew what i was into or you knew what i'm all about type (laughs) of thing whereas like i think there's type a people that like that yeah yeah it could be a little much so other people that may feel like that's not my thing but i could be a time saver for some people (laughs) the dating thing is such a funny thing so often it doesn't matter what your status level is. And I know there's people that only date in like the league and a certain level of status and education mm. and so on. And there certainly is a percentage like that. But for the most part, it's what you are attracted to in your need. Like you can see people are just crushing it in their career. And a lot of times you think there's carryover, like so confident and they carry all this, but maybe they haven't had a lot of success in their relationships for whatever reason, maybe because things are lopsided where they're putting their attention, their energy. And they don't have that confidence in relationships. And so mm-hmm. that's just a funny thing to talk about that it's not apples to apples. It doesn't always transfer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you take care of yourself and your health doesn't mean that you also have, you're a selfless person that's going to take care of other people and provide for other people. Right. Or just because you take care of your health or one section of your life doesn't mean you take care of your finances and your disciplines. It's his own skill. Yeah. And so on. And so I think that mm-hmm. people put themselves out there with like what they're showing off. Mm-hmm. But how do you get to that layer behind of how they truly are? Yeah, yeah. I'll call that the representative. Like you were talking about when you first have that moment, you're eating, you're having your first meal, you're talking. Sometimes people put on that representative and you don't truly get to know them until you get one of those off-putting questions. You're not talking about the weather. You're talking about family structure. You're talking about relationships with other people. And that kind of brings me to the next section. 
So for the next part of this conversation, we want to know how does a man for our female listeners, and this might help some of our fellas too, because sometimes we're like, man, I like this shorty. I like this young lady, but I really don't know how to show her that I'm really into her. So it might help on both sides. And then for ladies, you might be able to finally get, well, he's doing some things. He checks on me. He texts me every now and then, but is that just game or how do I know he's really, really into me? So we're all going to jump into this question together. So I'm going to jump in and just kind of say what I was doing when I was really trying to court my wife and let her know I was into her. So I was getting creative with the dates. You know, I was making time to try to do something that was different. I was taking her out to paddle boating. Recently, we just kind of revisited that for her birthday because it's 10 years together. So I brought back one of those oldie Mm. but goodies events that we did back in Maryland when we first met. And we did some paddle boating just to kind of bring those memories back. I tapped into those conversations that we had and tried to recreate those things that she didn't do, like talking about childhood memories and seeing that in my childhood, I had a lot of creative moments and I was out in the dirt and everything and getting rough. And I had this moments where I made s'mores and she was like, I've never had s'mores before. I was like, what you mean? You never had s'mores? What? That's crazy. So I made this whole date night to where I got my laptop. We went out to this park. It was freezing cold in the park. I got one of those little canisters that you actually use to kind of keep the food warm. It has a little blue fire in it. I brought that out, threw some rocks in it. We watched a movie on the laptop and I brought some ingredients for s'mores. Super simple date, but it was something that she got that I listened to her, that I remembered, and that I cared enough to try to reintroduce this moment to her, to recreate it with her. So that's what she received. So that's one way you can do this, fellas. Really listen and try to recreate some things that maybe they'd be interested in but haven't tried. All right, fellas, what y'all got? Uh, TJ, jump in. So let me go. Let me jump in because uh, you guys are talking. All right, let's go, T. Let's go, T. All right, all right. You know, when I was 19 or 20, I met a buddy of mine, and we had the same interests of information security at the time. But I remember asking him, like, he was married for three years, and I asked him, like, how did you get to know your wife? And he said, it's just like one thing is quality time, spending quality time with her. And what he would do is she lived on one end of New York and he lived on the other end. After work, he would take the train with her for an hour to her place and then take the train an hour back to his place. And that's the only time he would get in the week to spend with her on the train ride. And the quality time, I remember that. And to this day, I think quality time trumps everything. So to answer the question of how do you know a man is really into you? He just wants to spend that quality time and he goes out his way to do it or try to get as much as possible. And I think that trumps everything that the AI list might have, in my opinion. So, but that's just me. (laughs) What do you guys say? All right, we're going to see. We're going to compare after we all share our thoughts and see what the AI (laughs) chat GPT has to say. All right, go Jay. I think that's funny because you can tell a woman would say, oh, that's what I want. I want somebody who's thoughtful. I want somebody who just demonstrates that they're available in their interests and doesn't play any games. Yet, I think it depends the stage of your life. Like, unfortunately, when you're in your 20s, late 20s, dating, it depends on where you're dating. Mm. If you come off too available and too eager, then it's like, ah, you know, this person's into me too much. And it's a sad truth that that Mm -hmm. happens sometimes. And so I think part of to hook people is you express that yeah you're thoughtful you're into this person you let you yourself know when you're available i think you're direct with you know it's funny because some women they're maybe attracted to the mysteriousness or at least it comes off that way mm-hmm. but 
you let your intentions and your interests. And I think being direct and not beating around the bush too much is one way to show that you are interested. But at the end of the day, it doesn't lie. Like you make yourself available. Whereas like we're in a world right now where people want backup options. And that's the tough part that it's just uh, reality yeah, mm-hmm. is that I can think of times where I was dating a girl and then maybe dating another girl and it, it piqued the interest of both because I didn't have the availability. You know, one, I'm not proud of some of these moments, but it's like if you don't really know where your levels lie with either of those people. But I mean, mm-hmm. if you're happy and content with your life and passionate about what you're doing, I think that that is an attractive characteristic that people look into. And then somebody that just has a fresh outlook for life, I think that's feedback that I've gotten from women is just having ideas and executing on them, like finding that common interest. But how does she know that you're into her? That's what I'm saying. So you're taking action. So you're, you're coming up with ideas and invites of things that are interesting. For instance, you know, I heard about some people that were going up to Sedona or, you know, this is a trip I've always wanted to do or mm. going to this concert or doing that. You find those common mm-hmm. interests and you say like, you either surprise and say, I got these tickets if you want to go or... I think you take that action that the step that goes beyond just thinking about doing things. So it's like you're taking action in life. And I think that the action is showing up is committing to those factors. I like that tip, Jay, because what I spoke on was taking the conversations of listening and, you know, you may not have as much equity as I have with my wife to have all these deep conversations of childhood. It may be early in your relationship. So still, fellas, how can you show that? And Jay just introduced the idea of like casually, hey, I heard about these people going out to catch this movie that's been out there. What do you think about that? Just to kind of get people's taste on things before you just jump in and say, hey, I got these tickets to this horror flick. She's like petrified of horror flicks. That's not something I would do, but I want to spend time with you. I just don't do horror flicks. So it's like finding ways to tap in and find out what that person's interested in before you just jump in maybe financially or with all the work. I think another factor is Two, you want to attract somebody that is going to be down with your lifestyle. Like I tend to be a pretty spontaneous type of person and wanted to just get up and go or plan a trip or like, hey, I'm thinking about heading out of town for an hour or two or going camping or doing something and Mm -hmm. just seeing if that piques their interest. And I think that's where you have to listen. And that's where it goes into being thoughtful. When you have conversations, you talk about the things that you're excited about that you're looking forward to. And that comes with having conversations of like, what are some spontaneous things you've done or things because some people don't like that some people like to really be very planned and and well prepared Mm -hmm. and so i think if that's the case you just have to listen i think you're demonstrating that you've listened and you're making that person feel special true that is how you're showing off that like at the end of the day you listen if somebody is very risk averse like you have to listen to that type of thing find out why maybe as well like if i would have counted my wife out on that one i would have missed out on something great I tell you that Mm -hmm. because that is very opposite of my personality, right? I'm very pro-risk, like no risk and no biscuit. That's what Jay said, right? I'm about that life. The strong statement that I'd say that comes with this just to sum it up is like be interested in the person and find the common ground to build a bridge. And Mm -hmm. that just by listening and being thoughtful, you be about that action, make yourself available. I think that lets the person know. Because I always give advice to females all the time. Like if he's just not that into you, like is he making himself available? Yeah. What are his response times? Like he doesn't necessarily need to respond within 30 seconds or mm-hmm. a minute, but like if it's taking somebody a day to respond, they're not in the front of your mind. And I think that right. that thoughtfulness lets itself show. And does somebody checking on you without you prompting? That's mm-hmm. a big deal. Like if I'm into somebody, I'm checking on them. I'm like, 
hey, what you going? Um, this is lunch. Just checking in, seeing how you doing. You don't really got to respond. Just let you know I'm thinking about you. That's it. So, like, checking in. Yep. Makes the person feel special. Makes the person laugh. And that will get you a lot further as well. The Love Doctor <laughs> AI version, Chat GPT, <laughs> says, consistent and frequent communication. He initiates contact regularly, whether it's through text, calls, or in person. See, I was just saying that. Okay. It might know something. <laughs> Active listening and engagement. We spoke on that many times. He actively listens to you, remembers the details about your conversation, shows interest. God, dog. Prioritizing your time together. He makes an effort to spend with you. We know what that means. Acts attentively, pays attention to your needs, desires, and preferences. Shows genuine concern. Displays care and concern for your well-being. Checks in on you. We spoke on that. It's circling around a little bit. Physical and emotional closeness. Kind of like how the guy was taking time to take a whole hour of his day to take the metro down with his wife. That's mm-hmm. cool. Introduce you. Oh, this is a big one. If a guy is really into you, one thing I did, my wife met all the Brodies. I had to get their buy-in. She met all the homies. Like my day ones, she had to meet and get the approval. She had to get the stamp from everybody before I moved forward with getting that knee dirty, dropping that ring on it. So if a guy's really into you, you're going to meet some of his friends because he wants to get their buy-in and their approval. You're going to meet the family. You're going to meet somebody he respects their opinion of because he wants to know take pride in showing mm-hmm. you off yeah he's going to take one take pride in showing you off and then two he wants to make sure that he's not just so obsessed he's not seeing the other side of things <laughs> like ma be real with me what you think is she are you seeing what i'm seeing a little bit so that's something that we left out but i think a guy is definitely going to do so if you're not and ladies if you're man or whatever you don't know nobody else he know that's a sign that that may not be moving forward <laughs> so that's one and then lastly it was uh consistency and reliability he follows through on his commitments that's something you were saying jay following through on actionable items values your time and respects your boundaries so that's all we got there and i just want to leave really quick with that is go for it. that's more of going back from like first date to on yeah. And that's where we need context. Like it's one thing to like hook somebody and get that first date type of thing. But to get, is this person worth hanging out with? Because I can think of times where I just wasn't as serious and wasn't into it. It was based on convenience. And mm. if there wasn't that challenge or all those boxes weren't being checked, it wasn't going to be more than a fun time. It was going to be a short time. So I think that mm. part of these things you don't get into until it's the first couple of weeks, you know, or some actual that's time true. that you're hanging out with one another. So I think that requires context because there's a whole other section of, well, how do you hook people and where do you find people and what does dating look like in a time like this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. And another thing I'll say for all those people still out there dating, going through it, during the dating area, that's obsession mode. You should kind of be in a obsession place to where there should be no flaws going on at this time. Because if you're already getting flaws early, 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 like big red ticket items, and you're like, yeah, that's a no-go, it's only going to kind of grow to be worse from that just some reference so you don't waste your time. And here's one more for you. Another nugget. If you're a picky person, you have to ask yourself, like, are you noticing the same flaws or what types of patterns? Because mm. if some people are so accustomed to their lifestyle that they're in that somebody comes in and makes them feel that uncomfortable and they find annoyances in those things, what I see happening time and time again is they get older, maybe now they're in their late 30s or whatever, and they have to start dropping their standards a little bit or getting over themselves because they're so stuck in their way. For example, if you find people annoying in little things, 
like that's a you issue possibly mm. of just not having patience to be able to overlook or being too judgmental. So I wanted to put that out there that you have to look back on the data. Are you just not giving yourself enough opportunities? Are you dating the same people? If so, you're probably attracted to surface level types of things initially and you're not checking people past and having those conversations early on to make sure that you guys align. Like what does your short-term future, your goals or trajectory look like? So I know it's a lot there, but those are some fun conversations. And here's the thing, have fun with this. Yes, man, you got to have fun with this. Like if you're not having fun during the dating world, what are you doing? This is the fun time. You're supposed to be having fun. Get out there, date people, learn people. Man, we hope this information helped y'all. Check your inventory. Check out some of these things. If you really want to know somebody's into you, see if they line up with some of the conversations, some of the things we were talking about. Make it a simple experiment and really test it and see if you're getting these responses. If somebody's checking on you at a certain time, if somebody's taking interest and listening to you actively. So I want to thank you all for listening to the Manhood Experiment today. We hope you had a good time. We had Jay Dragon in here dropping knowledge, casting over himself from being a ladies' man to a one-lady man. We got T-Rex here also dropping game, giving you scenarios, giving you context, and your boy Big Dreams dropping nuggets. So I hope you brought your barbecue and hot sauce. And like I said, the Manhood Experiment, go out there, have fun, date, see if these things make sense to you. Check your inventory, as J-Dragon always says. Love yourself. Until next time, take care and check in on the next episode of The Manhood Experiment. We out, baby. Boom. Outs fro. Hey, what's up? This is Big Dreams. Thank you for checking out today's episode of The Manhood Experiment. If you liked today's episode, please subscribe and give us five stars. Not only does your feedback matter, but it helps us to connect with others just like you that find value in our weekly episodes. So subscribe, share, and speak with your friends and family about today's episode. And most importantly, take care of yourself, keep growing, and join us again on the next episode of The Manhood Experiment. Hey Houston, Khan's prices are invincible. That means prices have been cut low, as in amazingly low, as in won't be beat. In fact, we're backing it up with our low price guarantee. Invincible prices on appliances, furniture, electronics, mattresses, and more. Not invincible enough for you? How about free next day delivery on appliances, TVs, and mattresses? And payment options for everyone, whether you have good credit or building. Visit Khan's today and find out what invincible feels like.